and other patron has a really fun name i'm excited to say welcome back to following noadon a stormlight podcast this week we get to disprove yet another one of elliot's theories that he made at the beginning of the book in episode 145 here we are ending part four of the final empire elliot how are you sad overwhelmed shocked shock's a good word shocked shocked paul Mm. wow we've been flying through this book and i'm really excited to get this is like one of the big things that it's a major spoiler that we've tried to hide from elliot i feel like at least as far as i've known that been up to this point and so i'm glad to be here and to talk about it with you guys we have been flying through this book there are several shocking things in this episode which we will get to which lead to some odd questions moving forward which we will also get to um but before we do that we will roll intro and then do elliot's chapter summary so we can stop talking so in such fake terms so go ahead and roll the intro That was more of the GameCube intro. I have no idea what our music sounds. Well, I do know what our music sounds like, but at, at the same time, I don't. I'm going to go ahead and intro us in, Trevor. I want to talk about my mug. Um, So, this week we have a new surgeon. Yes, surgeon. I'm extremely confident of that. And I had a lot of fun writing this name. It's, I mean, it's like a culmination of words. Um, So... Much thank you to Hydro Snow Stormlock. <laughs> uh, I I really need to like. I'm gonna start like having someone just help me to write stuff because uh, this is horrible. I, I like. I can, I can read, read it. it right here in front of my face, but I feel like looking at my camera, it's unreadable. It is also reflected for me, so it's backwards. Me looking at my camera, so maybe that's why. Anyways, on the mug today, I didn't put. I put your name actually on the back because I didn't want to cover up the beautiful front of it. Um, my mug is a very beautiful floral arrangement, and it says, find me in the garden, which I thought was very, I don't know, just very peaceful. Um, as one of my wife's mugs, if you can't tell. Um, and so, yes, so I guess Mr. or Mrs. or uh, Hydro Snow Stormlock, I will, you can find me in the garden. So. <laughs> is that an invitation <laughs> thank you just saying where you could hypothetically find me oh, okay thank you paul and thank you hydro snowstorm lot hydro snowstorm lock yes, go ahead yes, uh, thank you elliot with our so chapter summary fast. we do have some chapter summaries for our rather momentous chapters 32 33 and 34 we start off with uh Holy in the Sanderlanch at this point. Vin and Kelsier go to a rendezvous with Marsh, and they find a dead corpse instead. Yes. So the uh, the crew scrambles to enact some of their backup plans, and they fall back to the backup hideout, all kinds of stuff. Things are not going well. Kelsier takes off to the pits of Hatsin and decides to... Uh, strike back, I suppose, and manages to destroy most or all of the ATM crystals in the, the mines. He uh, comes back the next day or maybe a couple days later, and they uh, find out fairly quickly that the uh, ministry is striking back against that and is going to do some uh, executions, and they find that Renu and Spook are among those that have been captured and are headed to the execution. So Kelsier leaps into action and they attack and try and save Renu and Spook and the rest of the captives from the ministry. Enter a bunch of soldiers and inquisitors and full-on battle uh, ensues. Talk more about the details of that in a second, but Kelsier does manage to slay the inquisitor that he's fighting. And then the Lord Ruler arrives. And well, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know what happens next. So we'll just talk about it when we get to that chapter. Sounds good. All right. We'll start with Marsh. Elliot. I Well, I guess this isn't actually applicable because Marsh 
technically wasn't in the room yet. He was about to walk in. But you said that everyone in the room will survive the end of the, this book. Yet another casualty in chapter 32. How are we feeling? Yeah. Not not so great. Yeah. If you do include Marsh in there, which I I don't remember if I intended Marsh to be included in that or not, but if you do include Marsh since he was standing outside the door when I made that prediction, there was what, like eight, nine people in the room there? By the end of these chapters, we've lost three, I think, of those people. Not great odds. Yeah. Not not good numbers when I said none and it was really third of everyone in the room ouch does that surprise you that number it does a lot actually but for reasons that are slightly spoilery for other things so i can share more thoughts on that in our stormlight spoiler section sounds good i will say this is like kind of kind of shocking you know like it is it is part four i feel like you usually ex expect such a big moment like this like at the very end of the book you know so i mean uh elliot was saying his odds uh, he was a little off on his prediction there's still opportunity for it to become more off so you know I i'm sorry but uh I, know, we still have another part left of the book which is kind of crazy I, w I will come to my defense slightly and say you're absolutely right <laughs> there is opportunity for my prediction to get even worse <laughs> there is there is a small there is a small chance i think for my prediction to get it slightly better in that i've watched enough fantasy tv shows to know that if you don't get positive identification of the body there is always a possibility of that character coming back did the they future. die on screen exactly right exactly uh. If you didn't, so if you true. didn't watch the character die, if you didn't get like the correct musical score in the background, you can actually tell a lot about whether a character is going to come back based on the music that you get in the moment that they die. Think about that next time you see a, a TV show character die. Interesting. I've never thought Marsh, about that. If you get something that's like slightly satisfying, like it's sad, but there's like a closure to it. Character's done, not coming back. <laughs> if there's any kind of like tense, like you know angriness in the music or uncertainty or like you can tell the music is trying to sell it a little too hard yeah that character's coming back for sure all that to say i'm not sure I all that to you. say go try it go watch it has to be a fairly cheesy tv show like the the best tv shows have more well thought out plots but the ones that are like really trying to you know hook line or sinker you I, on, a, on a character i die. guess i was unfairly yeah, anyway, we'll move on. G Gandalf was the exception, which was what I went to in my brain, and I was like, that is a very convincing music score when Gandalf... Anyway, moving on. All that to say, Marsh. I, as I'm reading this section, it, it, it is likely Marsh that is, that is dead here. They, they've come to meet with him. There's a dead body in the room. However, there is a note here that they... You know, Vin sees the corpse and is, is like, man, you can hardly tell that's a human anymore. Like that, that right there is like a little bit, okay, the door's, the door's cracked. The door's a little bit open and that we didn't identify that it was Marsh. Right. Even though it probably is. So I'm, I'm ready to be sad for Marsh, but I'm also ready for maybe a little hope for my theory that's already squashed. There is positive identification of another corpse later on in this episode. So I don't, I'm not sure I yes. hope for that one very highly, but um, yes, Marsh is declared dead at the scene. Um, and Kelsier rightfully so goes on a revenge rampage and says, I'll be back later. Move everybody from the layer emergency mode. Go. And Last episode, I did have, I got on my little soap opera, no, yeah, no. Um, Soapbox? There you go, thank you. I got on my little stool and said, wow, Brandon Sanderson really earned this moment with Vin and her ATM, and it's really cool, and I really appreciated that. Kelsier, at the end of this chapter, and at the beginning of 33, runs off into the smoke, into the mist, and destroys all ATM geodes 
using Allomancy, and that's the reason why the House Venture can't use Allomancers to mine. That's the that's the line we get, because Allomancy shatters ATM geodes. Where did that come from? Why is that an option? Where was that? Was that foreshadowed anywhere? I don't think it was foreshadowed anywhere, but I I, I never thought anything was wrong with it until you kind of point that out. That that is kind of like an odd amount of power that one person could have. Yeah, if you have elementic powers to go in there and just like rip rip up the whole thing. I in my I think what I remember it showcasing also was like you wouldn't be able to really maybe know where they are and do that if you hadn't like been a prisoner in the pits. Sure. Is is that right? And I could be wrong on that. It's but... also possible that the reason Kelsier knows this is because he snapped in the pits. And then he maybe mm -hmm. accidentally popped an ATM geode and was like, that was weird. I want to see that. I wanted to know that before this scene. Because this seems really convenient of, I can destroy the entire wealth of the Empire overnight, and I just haven't done it yet because I haven't been mad enough to do it. Not like crazy, not... I mean, like, emotional. Because that's what he does, right? I brushed it off because I was a little embarrassed that I hadn't thought about this before. It's It, it does kind of strike you as a little bit out of the blue. I felt a little bit that way. But it does answer a question that I should have asked before this point, which is, why do you mine ATM with manual labor when you have Alamancers? Huh? If you can just get iron pullers to come a big group of them and just zoop, suck all the ATM out of the ground, that'd be way easier than getting all this slave labor. And so having a reason for why that's not possible and why they do need all this slave labor seemed necessary in that moment. So when when the, the kind of that information dropped, it was like, oh, yeah, I should have been asking that question already, and there's the answer to the question that I should have asked that I hadn't. But you're right. It is a little bit kind of where did that come from. And part of the reason why I'm being a little pretty critical here is because that was the entire point of the army. If you remember back in the plan, the whole point of the army was to attack the pits, right? Not or pretend to attack the pits? Well, it was... It was attack the pits, but for the sole purpose of getting the army out of okay. Luthado. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It uh, it didn't have much to do, yeah, with the the pits themselves. But I still think you might have a point of it's a little surprising. Kelsier hasn't done this already, right? He, I could definitely see an argument for. I'm sure Kelsier would understand the need for ATM if he goes and destroys the entire reserve of ATM. Not only does the ministry not get ATM, but now Kelsier's not going to be able to get a hold of ATM either. Right. And, you know, other misborns. And so I maybe like rational Kelsier doesn't do this, but then we know that Kelsier is rather impulsive sometimes. And so I, on a, on a night where Kelsier's had one too many drinks and is sad and, you know, thinking back to his terrible days in the pits, like, that Kelsier runs off and destroys the the pits of Hassan just because he can, sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Maybe a little surprised that he hasn't done that already. That's fair. Well, one thing I do want to point out uh, about this scene in kind of a positive light is I love how this was actually told. This happening was actually told. I like that we really got a good, like a much better and vivid image of the pits. From an external source, Waylon. Um, yes, Waylon. I was trying to remember the name. I was like, was it Wendell? The, Something it's, like that. This name Waylon. sticks in my head because it is named after Michael Waylon, who does the cover art for the Stormlight Archive. So his name is Waylon. That is neat. However, I feel like if I was going to ever be the namesake of a character, I wouldn't want it to be the the old guy who's crawling in the pits, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like, you know, anyways, way we see Waylon and... in the pits and he's like really on his last 
legs because it's like his last opportunity he has to get one of these geodes to just live another seven days. Like you kind of see how destitute it is as one of these like slaves in half sin. Um, and then he comes up to the surface and then everyone's like dead. And Kelsier's like, get out of here. Like, yeah. Go, go make, open up the geode, take the beat of HTM, go make yourself a new life, you know, which is, I thought was really cool to see. It's like an interlude. Mm -hmm. It it, it was like, like taking a step away from everything that we've seen right here and just like looking at something else and learning a lot about the pits of Hath Sin and, and seeing this, it wasn't just like off screen where I feel like a lot of Kelsier stuff happens off screen. He's like, I'm going to go kill a nobleman and it's like it's okay see you tomorrow you know mm-hmm. um so i it like is... that also full uh full um uh confession full confession um i at one point so i think i stopped listening to the audiobook and like when i came back i was starting right at the start where it's wayland's perspective and for a decent while i thought this was like a flashback where we were seeing Kelsier in the pits, uh, or, or, or like no, no, not Kelsier in the pits, like Kelsier's escape from the pits. Okay. Like Wayland comes up, and whatever the heck has happened, Kelsier's gone crazy, and unleashed on a lot of people, and he's like fleeing the pits, but he's like freeing people on the way, kind of thing. So I definitely thought it was that for a second, and not him just running back to go destroy the pits. Anyways. I got mixed up there for a second, but um, it was just a second. Is is this the part where Trevor tells us that Waylon is a world hopper? Not to my knowledge. Sorry. Uh-huh. He's got that look in his face. You want me to... I've seen that before. I can compromise it real quick. You want me to, see? You want me to look it up? <laughs> it's probably... It, if it is, it's spoilery, and we can't talk about it anyway, but I, I don't believe you. I, He's not. I do think this is just random guy A, but I could be wrong. Feasible. He's probably light song. Well, that's a blast from the past. All right. Anything more from 32 before we jump into yet another action sequence for part four? All right. So, more action. While Kelsier is away, actually, I think he's back and sleeping at this point. Um, Sazed and Vin have a conversation about l- legends and histories and stuff like that. And Vin asks Sazed, have you heard of the 11th medal? Because I had never heard of the 11th medal. And Sazed, Mr. History Buff Sazed, says, uh, no, I had never heard of the 11th medal. And I wouldn't let that scare you because it's feasible that I haven't heard of it. But uh, yeah, so... What are you guys' thoughts on the eleventh medal not even being known to our terrorismen? I didn't put too many thoughts into it. I I don't know. I feel like there's enough simple explanations for that potentially. Maybe Stazed's heard about it under another name, or I don't know. It seems like there's potentially gaps in what Seza knows anyway. He 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 had quite a bit of information about like Ferrochemy recently, but it's not like he has all the answers. There's been times right. before where Vin has asked him questions and he's like, I have a lot of knowledge, but I don't know. It didn't surprise me. It doesn't discredit the credibility of the 11th medal to you at all? It did to me. I, I don't know. Maybe I just have too much blind faith in Kelsier. <laughs> oh boy. Got, got so... news for you next chapter. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, so from a storytelling perspective... I feel like it would be weird here if he did know and was just like, oh, yeah, this is what it does. It's been used here, here, and here, or something like that. If we, yeah. like, we we as the reader are wanting to see that, like, big reveal from Kelsier, who's, like, been effectively, like, hyping it up, right? He's like, this is how we can defeat the Lord Ruler and, and overthrow everything and win. So how we're going to beat the bad guys. This 11th medal. It's big mystery to us, and he there. Everyone's like, "What does it do?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know," which is just really funny, right? But if 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 we had that kind of build up where we know a, that the eleventh medal is a thing that Kelsier is banking everything on, 
and then it just comes in right here and then is like do you know about it says it and he's like oh yeah i do it's it does this you know then that would be really really lame sure um i guess i hadn't I thought of it honestly, yeah i agree with you i honestly kind of wish he hadn't even asked i feel like it like because the like for that reason i think the answer has to be no you know like like whether or not says it hypothetically knows i think from a storytelling point like he he could say like oh it's rumored to do this i guess or something like that you know but i don't know i feel like there's enough unanswered questions about allomancy in general now at this point like why does vin get to break the rules you know sorts of things that i'm fully expecting there to be quite a bit about allomancy that our characters don't understand yeah you know they've they, they've talked through these metals like oh there's eight and exactly eight metals well except for the other two that also do this and then there's also the 11th metal like i'm i'm fully expecting that conversation to go on and on and on well there's also aluminum and silver and all these other metals out there that we know of that do special things that maybe aluminum does have allomantic powers and our characters just don't know about it yet or maybe there's other metals we haven't even talked about yet that there there's stuff out there so for there to be an 11th metal that Kelsier knows something about that, you know, our wise says it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as odd. I'm expecting there's going to be more medals that these guys also don't know about. Pretty good prediction. Imagine, imagine if we world hopped to Scadriel and showed them the periodic table. <laughs> they just like flip out. They like, holy smokes. We thought they were just like 10 or 11 or whatever. I think you, you could know? like burn helium. Or well, that's not like a metal. I know that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, could... I was thinking, like, does like uranium or like mercury count, or like before or after it kills you? <laughs> after. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Anyways. All right. I, I I see what you mean, Elliot. I and I kind of agree with that. Of like, it seems like there's definitely missing pieces that our characters don't know. It's not just a mystery to the reader. Right. Okay, here we go. We are trying to free Spook and Renew from the prison carts, which we actually successfully do. But we haven't said it yet, but here goes. Kelsier gets slapped to death. The end. The end. That's it. That's actually all it says. It's a weird chapter. Yeah, so y'all read a different book. <laughs> <laughs> a brief, uh, we, we read the abridged version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Elliot, you're the only one who didn't see this coming. I assume you were planning on Kelsey living to the end of the book? Oh, yeah. Fully. D didn't see this coming as the understatement of this book so far. I. It wasn't necessarily overly emotional for me and that I almost ha haven't had enough time to get emotionally connected to Kelsier. I half the time don't particularly like the guy anyway. I I very much have, have met my prediction early on of Kelsier is going to be a polarizing figure. There, there's elements of Kelsier I think are awesome. There are other elements of Kelsier that I'm like Blech, no thanks. Yeah. And so to to see him to see him die was shocking i did not expect that at all at all for him to be such a pivotal character the the driving force of all of this Kel this this is all kelsier's idea this is all his initiative there's other ska out there who maybe wish that one day things would change no kelsier is the only one marsh i guess standing up and saying no i'm gonna make a difference i am going to make i'm going to contribute something to this world and make it a better place when i go to have that character who is the driving force behind the story be the one that dies at what i'm assuming is the the climax of the story here like that is wow surprising very surprising to me yeah so i i want to take a, a brief moment to kind of set the scene a little more so you have a good point of like what we've talked about so far is like Kelsier is kind of uh, polarizing morally or maybe ethically or 
we, we've had those whole discussions, right? But for the context, like for the purpose of discussing this chapter, we're just going to assume he's a super awesome hero, which in this case he really is. Like this is mm-hmm. this is a moment where he just shines. Yeah, absolutely. And it is incredible. So I always, you know, thinking of the picturing, like the angling of this chapter, we're kind of through the eyes of Vin, like watching this kind of unfold from from the crew, kind of watching this unfold. And it's just a moment where, I don't know, it feels like Kelsey's just fed up. So he basically just hops into the ring and there's an Inquisitor and he basically is just like, I'm not running. Like, I am going to just do this. And I think the imagery definitely got me way more on this read than the previous one of how masterful Kelsier was with Allomancy and everything of just being a Mistborn, right? Yep. We've talked about, like, how Mistborn have so many tools in their belts that, like, it's going to be difficult to know what to use. But he used, like, all of them together. I love the depiction so it talks about how he's using steel and iron to like push and pull like just a ton of items at once where they're just like all rotating around him and he's just like flying like hovering the whole time like floating around by just doing a ton of different like pushes and pulls and then also pushing items like to hit the inquisitor and the inquisitor's getting like frustrated and all this stuff and then ultimately like actually bringing down an Inquisitor, which I appreciate how Brandon Sanderson did a good job of making these Inquisitors, like, actually really scary and menacing throughout the book, where this is actually a really big deal. Yeah. You know? Like, if it's, like... I feel like most stories and movies you see, it's, like, oh, there's the normal bad guys who are a breeze for our main characters, and then there's the big bad guy who's, like, challenging, but they do it, and then the the big showdown at the end is like oh there's two of them this time or there's three of them this time right but like like here we are at like kind of the pinnacle like a climax moment and the big victory is that one Kelsier didn't die to an Inquisitor and two Kelsier actually was able to kill an Inquisitor which people did not think was really possible yeah we kind of learned that it like hypothetically could be but like no one's ever seen it no one's really heard of anyone killing an Inquisitor and like, it was like eight chapters ago that they were asking if inquisitors are immortal or if mm-hmm. or if they've been cycling through inquisitors so that that is the level of intangible that we're mm-hmm. talking about so yeah I agree with you yeah and and how vin kind of takes a moment cuz she talked about how like there were times when she learned like steel and iron like pushing and pulling from kelsier and almost thought he was kind of an amateur like like not a master, if you will, of that. And then here she was like, oh, I was so wrong. Like, he he is so incredibly skilled and honed and everything. Um, and just Brandon Sanderson does an excellent job with the visuals here of these, like, action sequences. Like, the flying around, like, all the stuff. I was on the edge of my seat, like, through the whole scene, which I absolutely love. Um... And then, like, after this grueling battle with an Inquisitor, Kelsier finally, like, wins that and then steps up and then we see the Lord Ruler. And I kind of want to pass the mic over to Elliot to just hear what you think. I just, I, like, they, it's, I love this scene. It's, it might be my favorite scene in the whole book. It's just, like, I can, I can picture it so vividly. He like steps out of the cart and it's this like young man, young younger man who's just um we'll talk about it more in our like overall like spoilers included for other <clears throat> Sanderson books, but there's other characters whose descriptions remind me a little bit of him. And anyways, there's just like a lot of crazy stuff. He's just so cool. So like power like people can just like feel the power radiating from him kind of thing. Anyways. I could go on and on, uh, but I'm curious to know what you thought about this, Elliot. I I felt the gravitas of this scene also. It was almost more powerful in the fact that it was fairly simple in a way. Like the Lord Ruler rides up in his carriage and he steps out 
and it's not some grotesque or alien being. It's not, you know, and a cloud of dark mist spilled out of the carriage with him. No, it's just, it's just a man. It's just a young, fit, fairly attractive man who steps out of the carriage and just casually, almost nonchalantly walks towards Kelsier and deals with the situation like just the the control, like the utter control this person has yep. of the entire situation, the scene. It's it's not overdone, it's not overstated. And I mean from like the character's perspective. He's not an over the top type of persona here. It it almost adds to the menace of it all. It's the it's not the it it doesn't come off as the evil crazy demon thing it's like no this is a normal person and that's freakier yeah it it is it is and and even to add what you're to what you're saying the things that he do that that he does that are really menacing are like small details right we've talked about Mm -hmm. how like he wears all these rings to just say like i'm gonna wear metal and you're you still can't do it you can't come compete with me even though i'm, I'm right. kind of making myself a target if i were a normal person right um just like the things like that it's like accessories uh that like convey a lot of his strength it's not like billowing smoke or breathing fire or like you know uh-huh. really really crazy stuff not to mention he's walking and doesn't even break stride takes like two spears like through the back and chest like doesn't break stride does not care that's like such a just a i mean it it just shows like how powerful he is like beyond what people think could be possible yeah it's very it's very impactful in that i don't think we've seen any characters who can do that like it, it's not like you're your alabancer can take a spear through the chest and just keep walking. Right. We've seen alabancer do some powerful things. If you're hyped up on pewter, you can take some damage. We've seen that in our Mistborn battles, but not like this. This is, this is like a whole nother level. This is the only thing we've seen similar to this is the inquisitors and the, the inquisitors can seem to take a ton of damage and still keep going. But even this, this seems to be on a whole nother level. It's like, oh, you just impaled my entire body on your spear. Bummer. I'll deal with it later. And just walks on like, dang, this is a powerful being. It's but a scratch. Maybe a flesh wound. Flesh wound? The and then little he... uh, Monty Python. Anyways. And then after slapping Kelsier... He pulls the spear out of his own chest and rams it into Kelsier. Like, dang. Did you guys catch what Kelsier says to the Lord Ruler before the the slap of death? I did. I thought it was was great. At least the last little bit that he kind of ends with. I, I don't recall off the top of my head the entire sentence that he says, but he ends it with, I am hope. Or something I, similar to that. I am what you have never been able to snuff out. I am hope. Yeah. And he says what it a... loud enough so the whole court or the whole courtyard can hear yep. it. He's he's really making yep. a martyr of himself here. That that is exactly the word that I had on the tip of my brain, but hadn't quite formed into into a word yet. It's a, it, it is almost like a, these people need that spark. They need that push to rise up against not just the societal oppression, but the actual magical oppression that they're underneath as well. Kelsier has been that force this entire time. And so to, to end his moment here with, I am hope was just so it, it fit all very nicely together. A, a well-crafted moment and character here for Kelsier. But yet at the same time, as I was 
ranting about a moment ago, still shocking to me. Still shocking that Brandon Sanderson is going to cash that in now. It doesn't feel wrong. It doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel forced. It feels meaningful. But it's just like, wow, Brandon's going all in in book one. That like this is a moment I was thinking for book three. Yeah. And here it is in book one. And we're not even done with the book yet. We still have a whole nother part to go. Yeah. There's a hundred pages left. That so there's a Brandon Sanderson lecture video that he talks to new writers and advice for you know um specifically new fantasy writers. And that's one of his ad- key points of advice is use everything in your arsenal in your first book. If you have something that you know is good, use it. Don't be afraid of using up something because you will always come up with something better and stronger later. Always cash in what you have and what you are building now. Um, if you have something powerful to write, write it. Um, don't don't let the reader or don't make the reader wait for it because you will always have something more to to say or at least he has that's his advice which i 100 percent felt um rereading mistborn here and we're not done as well but i also felt that way of wow that's a that's a powerful line to use at part four of your first book in in mistborn i yeah 100 percent agree did you guys catch kelsier's last words to vin is this like back a whole chapter yes so with the context of kelsier dying in chapter 34 i went back and read the last thing that kelsier actually tells vin obviously neither of them knowing maybe kelsier knowing but neither of them knowing that it's going to be the last thing he says to her and he tells and vin tells him you can't do this we're not immortal you need to pull back and let spook die and kelsier turns to her and says there are things that you will need to learn about friendship, Vin. I hope one day that you can see it. And then he turn and then he turns and runs to save Spook. Which I think is a perfect line for Vin specifically in this book. We've we've talked a couple times about Vin not feeling a part of the group, and then she does finally feel a part of the group and friendship and what that can mean. I think that's really important for Vin to hear that there are things that are worth doing for people that you you should be laying down your life for your friends and that is worth doing because that is a concept that vin does not understand why would i sacrifice myself to save this other person there are people in the world worth fighting for and worth laying down your life for and kelsey is saying spook is one of those people so that this is what i'm going to do i think that's a great line for vin's arc here i don't think i put enough thought into that that is that is a really interesting element of that and i think it's so meaningful because of what happens in the following chapter right i think that's why i didn't think about it is in that moment it's okay yeah a little less about friendship or whatever that is moving on but the fact that that is the last words that Kelsier says and then follows up with his actions yes in the next chapter is wow you're absolutely right at what a potentially pivotal moment could be for vin anything else gentlemen not that i can talk about here without referencing uh other stories all right uh with that we are going to go into stormlight stuff but real quick we are finishing the book next week so if you are just reading Mistborn, haven't read Stormlight yet, we are going to be finishing the book and talking about all of part five next week. The week following, we will be doing a full book wrap up. And then following that, we are going to be doing a little bit of a detour, which we'll get into more later. Um, but four, four, you gave me my cue and, and I, I, I missed it. I whiffed it. Strike out. I'm going to save it. There is one more thing before we say goodbye to our, our misborn people. And that is we did wrap up part four. And as you're saying next week, we'll, uh, we'll close out the book. I do have a theme for part four that I wanted to visit oh, real yeah. quickly before we, uh, we move on. 
And I, I think I may have said this before. I'm, I'm struggling with the themes, with trying to put a theme on some of these parts for Mistborn. Stormlight was a little more, I think there was just more there. So there was more for me to kind of tie different things to. Thicker book. I feel like the story, yeah, I, I feel like the story is a little more fast paced and, and moving in that when I, when I put a theme on, sometimes it's a little bit forced. Uh, I'm going to stick with it though. We'll see if I keep it for future Mistborn books or not, but I got to close out this book with it. Part four that we just wrapped up had some really interesting bits of the story and it, it ends really on a kind of a downer, but an inspiring moment at the same time that we just talked about with Kelsier and, and Marsh and some big characters going down. But as I was going back and looking through my notes, the theme that actually stuck out to me based on a couple of different moments was, was actually love. And not in like maybe the obvious sense of love, not necessarily the purely romantic love or even the love between family members. It was almost like a, like a reluctant love. It was almost like a, man, I don't want to love you, but I do. And, and there were a couple of moments of this. There was a discussion about Kelsier and Mare and their relationship and just kind of this, this kind of sad love almost associated there. There's a moment where Vin goes with Kelsier to visit a ska, just like housing department, where he's just kind of talking with the ska and giving them food and things like that. Vin has a moment where she realized she's like, man, Kelsier really loves these people. He, he sometimes is rash. He sometimes is emotional. But he he also really serves them. He he really is you know passionate for this cause and loves them. Vin also has a relationship she's built up with Ellen, and Ellen loves Vin. I don't know that he said that yet, but he learns that she's a thief, and and he's like, oh okay, at least she wasn't trying to manipulate me, you know, or you know, take me down or whatever it was. You know, there was an element there of kind of almost this reluctant love, and, and Vin feels the same. She has an awkward conversation with Spook at one moment where she gives him the classic, it's not you, it's me line for Spook. But uh, it basically is saying that, man, that Ellen guy really frustrates me. I can't stand him, but I, I love him whether I, I want to or not. And then the, the real kind of gut-clenching moment was Vin having some thoughts. I think it's at the very end of this chapter. Maybe it's kind of mixed in there a little bit too. Her, she, she revisits her thoughts about her brother, Reen, and how he abused her, like straight up literally abused her. And yet she reflects in one of these chapters that she still loves him. She still feels a love for him, despite what he did to her. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of the common theme that I picked up through this chapter, which was kind of an odd one based on the momentous events that, that happened here. Yeah. It is a really wholesome one, though, considering the previous parts that we've covered. Yes. It's always been like, how do we get something pretty out of this? You right. Know? I'm, I'm very curious to what part five, what the, the flavor or the theme of part five is going to be, because you're right. The first three parts were like agony and depression. Out of my <laughs> yeah. But they were. They were yeah. really dark. They were really, you know, like oppression and just not pleasant things. And yet this one in still classic Mistborn fashion has kind of a darker side to it, but it, it was a bit of a positive upswing of we're starting to see some threads of this, this love and this sacrifice coming through. Yeah. Which was interesting. Where, where's this going? There's still a whole other part here. Where's this going? Great question. Um, anything else for... Before we do a little bit of Stormlight stuff. Now I'm done for sure. For real. Ready. Sounds good. So when we were making this outline, I didn't think we had that much Stormlight stuff. But as we were talking, some uh, some thoughts appeared. Anyone want to start? That's usually how it goes. I'll actually start with this. Um, I got to thinking, whenever we were talking about how... I kind of learning alongside our characters here about Allomancy. It's like a lot of stuff we're explained like these people obviously know more than we do initially, right? But there's it seems like there's stuff that they don't know. This like whole 11th metal thing. Um, just, just there's there's definitely plenty of stuff that they don't know. And it made me think back to 
there's like three time eras in Sanderson's writing, isn't there? Am I am I right? There's there's some kind of like stage or whatever, right? Uh huh. Depending on where you go with this, I will answer the question. Uh, assume you're right and keep okay. going, <laughs> and then I will okay. correct if I need to. Okay. For example, we know that there is a Mistborn era two. Yes. Which is like in the future compared to here, right? Like it, it's multiple years in the future. There's new technology. I haven't read Mistborn era two, but there's all sorts of different technology and stuff. And my understanding is that there's supposed to be like an era three. And so, um, just, just that, like, I'm imagining that as time goes on, these questions will be more commonplace. Like the questions that we have here of like, Ooh, what is this? How does this work? there it's gonna be like oh yeah yeah, it's just this you know or, or something like that like it's gonna make more sense mm-hmm. that is kind of a prediction because i haven't read era two i feel like if i had read era two that would probably be fleshed out um however that, that just got me thinking about like other stories as well like where it is in the like chronological progression of things in this whole universe mm-hmm. um and like what characters may know and what we may learn from them, given the time in the whole, like, overarching big timeline. So, mildly related, at the time of this recording, about a week ago, there was a a live stream, um, Brandon Sanderson live stream, where he answers some, like, the first half is a non-spoiler segment where you can ask, like, vague, like, author questions, and then the second half is spoiler stream where anything that's published you can ask about. Um, and in that second part, they were asking, are we ever going to get an official, like published visual timeline of where books are in what year compared to other like planets and stuff? Cause you know, you have the stormlight timeline. How does that line up in the Mistborn timeline? Well, we kind of know, but we kind of don't like is this book like right yeah. after this other one or right before? Yeah, yeah. And like with characters who hop around, like Correct. at what time were they at what places, you know? Which leads to the question of Thydekar, which we'll talk about here in a second, because Thydekar shows up at the beginning of Stormlight, or at least the prologue of Stormlight, and is dead. After, like Mistborn Era 1 is before Stormlight. That has been confirmed for us. And Kelsier just died, so like, w- w- wait a minute, hold on. Um, granted, he looks a little different, but anyway. Uh-huh. Um, so Brandon Sanderson said that we will likely, before the end of this year, have uh, no. I'm sorry, likely the after Stormlight Five is published, he will push a an official timeline exactly when each book sits, um, as which will help us. Theory, wow. which will help us theorists quite a bit. Um, that, but that will actually be really, really cool to see. Yeah. Um, and it'll involve like all the secret projects and the short stories and, you know, like all those will be, will have a, a number on them. Um, but for the, for the context of this conversation, it goes Mistborn era one, Stormlight era one, Mistborn era two, Stormlight era two. So in the 30-year gap that we've gotten between Stormlight 1 and Stormlight 2, Mistborn Era 2 happens. That okay. makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Um, Do you guys want to peel apart this Thydekar Kelsier thing? Or... I want to go there in a second, at least a little bit. Although, okay. I fully realize that there's more misborn books in front of us. So yes, much of what I what's much of what I spew, I'm sure the answer is Raffo. Correct. But let me actually start in a slightly different place and say that I predicted at the beginning of this book that no one would die. I actually did not. I wasn't really factoring in my very itty bitty knowledge about the Lord of Scars and Thydekar and all of that. I was mainly basing that on the track record I've seen of Brandon Sanderson so far, which is from my spoilers leave now, if you uh, don't want to be spoiler, because this is a big one. He doesn't kill many characters in storm. Nobody dies hardly at all. If like, 
any. The, like there's a small handful. The top two that we have, and it's like minor are, characters usually. Yeah, Elokar and Tien are the two biggest names. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's always small people like yeah, Donny. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm now thinking about this from like a Amram, like a maybe? reader's perspective. I I realized that I'm reading these series in probably a a different order than many. Sure. Stormlight first, and then Mistborn. It sounds like the predominantly recommended order is Mistborn and then Stormlight. So I'm I'm walking into Mistborn thinking, oh yeah, Sanderson doesn't kill characters. But everyone else, all the rest of you guys, read Mistborn and then walk into Stormlight and you're like, when are the character deaths Who's coming? Gonna when die? are they coming? When are they coming? Yeah. I'm used to losing three characters per book. Like, I don't know. I don't really have any questions or anywhere to go with that other than that that's the thoughts I'm having is I would I'm surprised to lose Marsh and Kelsier and that other guy that obviously wasn't that important because I remember, can't remember his name. Yeden. Yeah, that I, one. I was specifically trying to remember it because I knew someone was gonna be like, Who's the other character? Because and like he so, wasn't Yeah. And so yeah, I'm hmm, I don't know. Perspective. I am having a perspective. But then the other element of this is the the Kelsier Thidakar thing. So I, I can talk for a second if, and if you guys just need to give me blank stares, I'm willing to accept blank stares. And again, massive spoilers all the way through Stormlight Book Five Prologue. In Stormlight Book Five Prologue. Knights of Wind and Truth. Is that our name now? Knights mm-hmm. of Wind and Truth. Mm-hmm. We get the reveal that Thydekar, head of the Ghostbloods, is the Lord of Scars, who we pretty quickly can correlate to Kelsier. Kelsier is the Lord of Scars. We, we talked about that when we read that episode, is that that is a, a big moment, a, a huge information drop of here's Kelsier on Roshar, or we talked about, you know, maybe he's not actually there and it's some kind of projection or magic system that's going on there. So now I'm revisiting that as, well, hang on a second. Is, is that moment this huge shocker for you guys and everyone else that Kelsier's still alive? Is <laughs> that the moment where you're like, man, that character that was dead is all of a sudden back? Like, I thought that was big. So did everyone else in the world think it was 10 times bigger than I did? The, I would say Raffo. <laughs> when I, <laughs> when I peeled this out of Paul, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I read the name, the Lord of scars and turned to mm-hmm. Paul and he like this, like shocked, like, huh? That's not a thing. He's dead. Like, <laughs> no, no, it felt, it felt like a forced question. Like it, it genuinely felt forced. Cause I had no, I I had no like reasoning to believe it could be him. Absolutely. Right. Right. Like, you know, and you were like, who's the Lord of Scar- Lord, Lord of scars. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you ask me who the Lord of scars is, it's him. Right. But that doesn't make sense, you know, like, and right. so I didn't have a big reaction. It wasn't this huge aha moment. Right. Cause I was like, um, and, and after rhythm of war is published, it still took the like all the fan because Lord of Scars is like dropped as a title that Marais tells or Shalon tells Marais that yeah I know who your leader is the Lord of Scars that's the name drop and everybody's like what and um it took a an like a signing session for someone to ask Brandon Sanderson are you baiting us or is this actually Kelsier <laughs> and he said. Yes, I meant I intended that to actually be Kelsier. So everybody had the same reaction you did, Paul, of like, what he's been dead for since 2007. Why are you bringing this name up again? <laughs> so, yes, there's some there's some crazy implications that, Elliot, you just got revealed to you backwards because yeah. he's been dead for 15 years for the rest of us and <laughs> so yeah that's that's fun he looks and, pretty different he's like glowing and i blue. seriously meant oh yeah there's that too and then spikes and stuff through his eyes which now has more relevance for me as that well that does have uh, relevance yeah. yes and the 
I, I was I was perfectly honest with everything I said earlier in this episode with the thematic and story reasons why I'm shocked that Kelsier died in this book. I, I still all of those things. In addition to the fact that I had seen Kelsier before in a later time frame. You assumed he was safe. There's no way he Yeah. I yeah. mean it, like <laughs> all the characters to lose for so many reasons Kelsier was not one. Right. It is yeah. it is honest it is honestly a really, really, really funny mess of like how this information was discovered by each of us. Like Yes. And like even the the slightly spoilery like reasons too. Like I've been hanging around in the the Brandon Sanderson Cosmere fandom long enough that it, without even reading a single word of Mistborn, the name I associated with it is Kelsier. Mm-hmm. Not not even Vin. I'd probably heard that name a handful of times, but Kelsier you hear everywhere. It's like Mistborn Kelsier, Mistborn Kelsier. Oh yeah, Kelsier. Oh, you're reading Mistborn Kelsier. To have I mean, that was in Fortnite. So like Kelsier is in you, Fortnite. You do stuff you like do that, math, it, you know. <laughs> You know, it, it was one of those things where, like, you know, I'm I'm actively in my life trying to avoid spoilers so that I can read these books, you know, fresh and get the experience of them. But you you have conversations with people about them and you just kind of hear names. And it's like, OK, everyone, everyone knows about Kelsier. Everyone likes to talk about Kelsier. And then he dies at the end of the first book. Like, what the heck is going on here, people? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking whenever we went to Dragonsteel, like half the people are dressed up as Kelsier. Like, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, yeah, and that was Mistborn He's book like, seven, and he bought any, for any died in book one. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. So all, really all of that to say, shocking, shocking moment for all the reasons that we we've lost that character. Yeah, that's that's really funny. Uh, I want to get into some Cosmere mechanics, but I don't think I will. I think I will hold. Um, for a while, I'll, I'll toss a minor teasery thing out there, and that I can think of some explanations. But based on what we've explored mm-hmm. in the Cosmere so far, it's not like I met a jaw on the floor. How in the world could Kelsier ever come back in the future? I, there, there's reasons I can think of that Kelsier can come back in the future. Right. So I'm, I want to keep reading. And maybe those answers aren't in what I'm about to keep reading. And maybe I need to keep reading in the future into works that have not been published yet. We'll see. But I, I fully have things I'm going to be on the lookout for. Let's just say that. Absolutely. Anything else for episode 145, gentlemen? Nothing. I think I'm emotionally spent after uh, that experience. I'm I'm so glad that we get to start talking about this stuff finally. This is one of the huge moments that I was really excited for Elliot to get to to get to so that we could talk about it and not have to you know, keep it secret and safe any longer. Sounds good. Let us reconvene. We're doing the entirety of part 5. We are ending the book next week through the epilogue all the way and the week after we will be doing our wrap-up episode. Um yeah, I'm going to talk about this very briefly. If you're curious on our schedule moving forward, we are going to have a little bit of a break. There will still be weekly posts, but we're not we're not immediately jumping into the Well of Ascension the week after our wrap-up episode of this book. We will be doing The 11th Metal, which is a short story on Kelsier like two months after the pits of Hethsin. That is going to be one episode um, and that will be in June sometime. We're going to do a, a Stormlight Current episode. We are also going to be... There's one other episode I'm not remembering in there as well. And then we are going to be doing Secret Project 3. And we're going to be starting Secret Project 3 at the end of June because we have part one already so that episode will go live that that first episode on secret project three will go live pretty much the same day secret project three is out and then we will jump right into part two right when it comes out and start releasing secret project three as it's relevant if that makes sense so uh, 
if you lost me, uh, if, you, if you lost me there, I apologize, but it might make more sense later. It might not. Thanks for joining me here, Paul and Elliot. We'll reconvene next week. Blood and ashes. See you next time.